This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome to a very exciting week of College Dame Day because we are coming off of a Husker win. You guys, we did it. We did it. Let's rise so, us high, guys. So exciting. And I think, I mean, us on the podcast know, but I took my youngest daughter, who's eight weeks old, and she must have been her good luck charm because she met Tom Osborne before the game, and then we ended up getting a W. So, Emmy, yep, from now good on, luck charm. That's right. She's good all the games. She really does. She really does. So, what were your biggest takeaways from the game? I thought, um, this is something I noticed. I can't remember. I think it might have been in the first half, but... Um, okay, I thought you meant you couldn't remember it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm saying our... I can't remember when it hit me, but I was just like, our tackling is looking better. Not that we are, like, great at it, but it was like... Guys were wrapping up, and even if they couldn't get him down, they were, like, holding on to legs until somebody else could come. It wasn't just, like, a hit, like, you know, a shoulder tackle that they weren't wrapping up. It was, like, the wrapping up specifically that I noticed. And even if that didn't exactly take them down, yeah, they were, like, holding on, and it was saving some yards. So I did – I don't know. Maybe I was, like, looking really hard for things that were positive, but I really do think that it looked better. And I saw a stat that it was, like – I think normally we were averaging like over 13 missed tackles a game, like 13 and a half or something. And we only had six missed tackles in that game. So we like cut it less than half. So that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, and the fact that after halftime we came back and looked better, like maybe some adjustments were even made. I thought that was encouraging because it seems like a lot of times we would not make adjustments and then the second half is like when we would lose the game and I felt like that was possible with this game we went in it, I think was it tied at halftime yeah okay. so yeah at that point I was starting to get really nervous and I was like oh no I can't watch this happen again but then they came out and you know looked a lot better in the second half which I thought was encouraging the other thing that I was really happy to see was special teams looked like we were not the worst in the nation. So the fact that we got a blocked punt and scored on that, I thought was really important just for the momentum swing. And I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, so you guys can tell me if you've seen the stat or not. That was our first blocked punt for a touchdown since like 2009, which seems unreal, but also possible. considering what our special teams have looked like. Let's double check that. But okay. that was a big deal, if, especially if that's the case. Yeah. I think for me, the defense looked good. And I forgot, we also met, met Bill Bush's family before the game as well. So yeah. he's done a good job. He yes. Was, yeah. I know. We were very happening. Um, so, yeah, we met, like, his wife and his dad was there or whatever. But Where did you uh, meet them at? Were you, like, tailgating or – well, we did tailgate, but we went to go meet one of Michael's friends to give him tickets. 
And Tom, like, walked out and, like, was walking right toward us. We're like, is he going to come say hi to the baby? Um, <laughs> but then, like, people obviously were going up to Tom. And then one of them was Bill Bush's wife. And she was like, hi, Tom. Like, this is Bill's dad. Like, all this stuff. And at first I thought she said Bill Moose's dad. And I'm like, that's weird that he's here. But then we were watching a video of, like, after the game. And, like, Bill Bush brought his family on the field. And we're like, that's – okay. So we, like, put it together. Um, but the defense looked much improved. I was excited about that. I was a little bit nervous because just like almost all our games, our opening drive looked really well put together. Whenever it's very scripted, we tend to do well. And then we kind of trailed off. You know, we went to the second half, third quarter, we didn't look good, but our offense really bounced back in the fourth quarter. So I was encouraged by that. Not encouraged by penalties. Um, It was very frustrating and it was penalties on both sides. So it was a pretty ugly game. It was, the crowd was very restless. Um, I think there was a drive where there was like four penalties in a row. Um, so Indiana had 11 penalties for 92 yards. We had 12 for 111. Um, Corcoran had the, the personal foul penalties. Mickey, I don't know if they showed it because I was at the game. So I don't know if they showed that on TV, but Mickey was like laying into yeah. him. We're like, they good, that's selfish. TV. Like you just hurt yeah. your team. Although I will say he did not throw a punch. Like it okay he there was no punch thrown there might have been like pushing his helmet to the ground with his hand but like there which whatever you have to be really careful in those situations I'm not excusing it but there was not a punch thrown but yeah I was gonna say so the final score was like what did they score 21 on us and they scored all of those points in the second quarter but their offense only scored two touchdowns because their defense scored one of those so I think all in all, the defense did look, I mean, obviously it's Indiana. That's what people are saying, but it's like two touchdowns is a lot better than how much we were allowing people to score. Did you all see when um, they put in Purdy, when they pulled Casey Thompson, did you see Mark Whipple yelling at Casey Thompson on the sidelines? No. Why was, what was going on? I'm wondering if, because Michael was saying like, the biggest thing with Casey is he has to get rid of the ball sooner because you know the pressure's coming. You know our line isn't going to hold up that long. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure so he's wondering. Getting yelled at. Yeah. Like, so I think when he couldn't take a sack, like get out of the pocket and throw it away. Yeah. Like, and you can't. Yeah. But then we put in Purdy, who basically did the same thing, but worse. <laughs> well, you notice Casey that was quickly on the next drive. Then again. I know. I thought that too because I thought did he get pulled just to kind of keep things. You know how. Scott Frost would never, ever pull Adrian, even when he was, like, completely falling apart. And I was like, is this an overreaction to, hey, Casey Thompson messes up, so we immediately pull him. But then that backfired real fast. So then he went back in, and I was just kind of, like, curious as to what was going on there with the quarterback situation. Why why didn't we put – because that's, like, a prime, like, running situation. Why didn't we put Logan Smothers in right there? Like, Well, that's who I thought it was at first, and then I was like, wait, that's not Logan. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've only seen Chubba a couple of times, a couple, a couple of times, but couple of times. I am not impressed with him. <laughs> I do not trust that yeah. way with the ball. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, um, I did call the whole, I don't know, maybe it was my like pessimism that jinxed us, but like when we drove down and scored right away, I was like, please don't let this be a repeat of the Oklahoma game. And Caden was like, mommy stop you sound like grandpa ted and i was like okay well i'm sorry but i just am nervous about this because it's happened so many times this year and then sure enough and then luke sent that thing about the 
first drive we look like direct tv and then every other drive after is like cable (laughs) yeah 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 that's why i was really encouraged to see because the third quarter really i was like yep it's same thing again um, but fourth quarter was good did you guys see that um casey thompson is taking the offensive line out for dinner for um protecting him so well or whatever and someone was like that's not a reward supper. That is an insurance supper. He wants them to yeah. step it up. <laughs> yes. And maybe he's like taking them to like McDonald's this week, but if they you can, more prove, maybe week. they'll work their way up to like a nicer. Yeah. So, well, I hope Corcoran has to maybe like buy dessert or something. Right. So. Exactly. We'll see. Um, we did have a big 10 player of the week. So, um, it was the individual who scored off the block punt, so Hartzog. Um, so that's exciting, getting a little bit of a shout-out there. The other thing I saw was that uh, Trey Palmer is on the Blitnikoff watch list. So that would be exciting to get a – we haven't had good wide receivers in a – well, our, our running back, too, is, receivers. I think, ranked sixth in the nation. Grant? In, in um, running yards. Nice. Okay. Rushing. I'm like running those. <laughs> the running yards. Running Rushing yards. yards. Rushing, yeah. Okay. Did anyone else also notice? So Trey Palmer got called one time for a false start. It was very obvious. Yeah. I swear he false started two or three more times. And Michael's like, no, he's just like jokingly, he's just getting a great jump on the snap. Yeah. But I'm like, he's like half a yard down the field before yeah. the ball's been hiked. Like, did anybody else notice that? I didn't notice that at all, but was I mean, was all the, the other penalties. He was, just, <laughs> he was across the line or he was just in motion? No, he was uh, he was moving forward across the line. Like, he was half a yard down the field. I, I saw the false start, and it, it like even though it was barely in the screen, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was horrible. But I, I swear I he had, like, another two or three, but we'll take it. Sometimes it's hard for them out there on the ends because... Maybe they don't remember what count it is. And, like, I don't know. Just it's funny because Caden's, like, best friend um, plays football, too. And, um, like, the very first game of the season, it was, like, an obvious, like, really bad false start that it was him. And, um, and like, after the game, I was like, oh, I saw that false start, Pablo. And um, and then, like, all the guys were laughing and stuff. And Pablo's like, no, the count was two. I swear he said two. And Caden was like... Yeah, no, he did, but he always says the wrong thing. So I just wait till I see the ball. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> like, well, maybe there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Any other takeaways from the game? I mean, it was Indiana, so I don't want to get too excited, but it is a great feeling to wake up Sunday morning and not feel totally depressed <laughs> or be able to watch the rest of the games that day and see the highlights and not have to like scramble for the remote to turn the channel because your heart can't take it yeah. um I, I don't know like I just like I've changed my attitude like because I used to go into games like how we used to play and it's like only like a if we destroy them that's the only thing that's like satisfying and I've slowly worked my way to just like I'm just grateful for wins of any kind it's like the nebraska volleyball motto just as long as you win you win by two that's the only thing that matters like that's where i'm at right now a win is a win so that's that's right indiana they're like dirty little dogs so well and we have them in all their conniving clear so (laughs) it's a step up for us well here's what i found surprising about indiana so 
they are predominantly a throwing team. So they throw the ball, I think, like 90-plus times a game. Oh, wow. Two of their top receivers were out. Their best drives were when they ran against us. So I'm like, why didn't they run the ball more? Like, I didn't think they had a good game plan for they us. They probably but watched whatever. film, watched how slow our corners were and how they got burnt by Georgia Southern, and that's why they developed that game plan. And, like, I feel like that's what Mickey Joseph has been trying to work on is, like, the secondary coverage <laughs> back there. Because, like, yeah, their schemes have been a little different, just, like, helping out and stuff. So maybe that's just, I don't know. Yeah. Because if, if I watched the first games of the season and I was going to play us, I would try and throw. I don't know. I feel like I'd try to run against us, but we'll see. All right. So... Let's move on. We have a trivia question. Amy, you gave us a trivia question this week. There are only two winless FBS teams. And they come from the same state. (laughs) So if anybody knows, um, Amy, I'll let you give us the answer since we've given the listeners a couple minutes or a couple seconds to think about it. Well, the best and most heartwarming one is the Colorado Buffaloes. <laughs> they have no wins and it brings joy to my heart. It's just, it's crazy how much can change in a short amount of time. Cause I was just like, there is no hope for this season, like nothing to look forward to. And then all of a sudden we're tied for first in the big 10 West and Colorado has no wins. It's just mm-hmm. like really looking up really fast. And then um, Colorado state, I believe was the other one. So. So the Rams and the Buffs still looking for their first FBS win. All right. Let's talk about our lock picks from last week. My picks were terrible. I picked Minnesota. So (laughs) that was a a big no. Uh, Megan and Amy, how did your picks shake out? Well, I was expecting you to tell me. So I'm going to have to go back and look now. Look here. I will say Megan's picks were pretty good. you had UCLA, I, Megan, you had Clemson, and then you had your lock pick as... Oklahoma State was my lock pick. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yes. And then I picked Wake as well. And Kentucky, technically, I did get that one as well because Ole Miss did not win by six and a half. I think they won by three. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, they won by three, 22 to 19. Okay. So, you guys, this is never going to happen again. I was 100%. As I told you. I texted you. I was like, you did really well. Um, and I want to just ask real quick, I think I won the score prediction, too, because my score for the Indiana-Nebraska game was 38-24. You and did. And it was 35-21. So, I was off by three, but the spread was the same. So... Although I will say, not to take anything away from your mm-hmm. win here, so, um, I, we drive at the end, and we probably should have scored on both. And if we'd have scored on either, I would have been exactly on on our score and just okay. wore off on theirs. And so I was like, that's why I was like, come on, score once more. And we on, honestly should have, but at that point I just wanted to win, so I was just elated. Yes. We'll yes. Take the W. That's right. So remember what my lock pick was because I remember not feeling great about any it was Kentucky you picked Kentucky Kentucky. and which you got because they covered that game was frustrating too because I still think Kentucky should have won that game right is this yes 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So I felt I felt bad for them. Well, well, on that note, let's transition to our football on fleek segment, which is called Oh Kicker. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start with Kentucky. Bad day. Yeah. He missed. Let's see. Was it it was two extra points? And was it two field goals? Or was it one field goal? Either way, the two two extra points really hurt them. Yeah. Were they blocked or did he just miss them? One was blocked, I believe. I think the other one he missed. Okay, I like I'm a firm believer if they're blocked, it's not necessarily the kicker's fault. It's not but. fault, yeah. I that is a, there were so many kicking fiascos that happened on Saturday. They're all starting to run together for me. So it continued into the NFL weekend because Cade's um, team is Minnesota and they played in London, so it was like really early on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and they like drove down, kicked like a field goal and then the other team kicked like a 60 yarder and then they got another one and then was it new orleans i think then they kicked like a 61 and that like doinked off both uprights and mm-hmm. it was a crazy week for kicking it was yes he had one sorry going back to the kentucky game he had his first extra point was blocked then they went for two on the next touchdown and did not convert did they lose by two they lost by three which wouldn't have been if they made the two extra points and didn't have to go for a two-point conversion yeah so anyway just made the field goal yeah yeah yep yeah. so lots of chances to win same thing minnesota's uh kicker had a pretty close field goal that they like sh- just completely yeah. shanked uh his name yeah. is trickett by the way trickett kick it trickett Trick it, yeah, kick it, trick it. And then Iowa State's. Um, oh, goodness. Iowa had... State was struggling. So bad. He missed three, three field goals. It was comical. I mean, and at the end, Matt Campbell put him back out there, and I was like, this is not, <laughs> this is not good for him. Like, we should not be doing this. Okay. He was one for four on field goals, 25%. Yeah. Yeah, and I get get putting them in to say, like, I still have confidence in you, but at some point you got to, like... After you've missed two from not far away, like, and then you're, you know, you can either go for it on fourth down or you put him back in there to win the game for you. I just don't think you're setting him up for success at that point. So... Do they not have, like, backup kickers anymore? Like, somebody, like, just pull somebody off the soccer team, like... Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't think kicking should be that hard, but Iowa State, they they beat Iowa, so they've performed their their yearly yeah. tasks that I wanted. I have no more yeah. use to them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you guys happen to see the Missouri-Georgia game? It was on at the same time as the Nebraska game, so you probably didn't see much of it. No, I did not. Okay. Their kicker, opposite experience. Missouri's kicker. I think he hit four or five field goals and the majority of them were beyond 40. A couple were beyond 50. Like he scored most of their points. He put that team on his back and they almost beat Georgia. It was incredible. I remember being in the stadium and I turned and looked at the like early score. And I think it was like 16 to seven or six or something. And yeah. I was like, wait, what? Like Missouri beat Georgia in that game until four minutes left. Like, that was when they took the lead. So close. I know. I feel like it's kind of cool because it's, like, 
Oh, I mean, Alabama's still up there and stuff, but it's like anybody could beat anybody on any given day. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, it's a crazy college football landscape when game day involves Kansas. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's just, that should never happen. Megan's very excited, though. I'm excited. I'm pumped for the Jayhawks, so. <laughs> Why? All right. Well, let's talk about the upcoming matchup. So, okay. Kansas, number 19, uh, taking on TCU, number 17. Um, Kansas is still undefeated, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. But so is TCU, so. Well, not after this week. TCU-Kansas, uh, Saturday game, early morning game. I think, you yeah. know what, Megan, the, the Lance Leipold, I, I've been impressed so far. So yeah. we'll, we'll see. I might have to be che- cheering for, for KU this I'm, weekend. What's the spread? I'm a little bit concerned. The spread is seven for TCU. So TCU is favored by seven. Okay. And they're playing at Kansas. Yes. So why are you concerned, Megan? I'm sorry. I'm concerned about Lance Leipold. <laughs> oh. I'm concerned because Wisconsin just fired Paul Christ, which was a huge shock to me. I did are not see that coming. About getting I'm Paul like, Wisconsin, like, what are you expecting? I don't feel like you are entitled to expect more than nine or ten wins a season. Yeah, like, but are you worried about us going after Paul Christ? Or are you worried about them being in competition with us for a coach? For Lance Leipold, yes, because he's from Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's coming to us, Lance. You don't. No, cause because he, you don't think we want him, or you think he doesn't want to come. I think he doesn't. Want to come. Okay. I think he made that pretty clear when Scott got fired and he was interviewed about the job, and he said uh-huh. he's focused on Kansas. I think it might be a Scott Frost situation. He'll either stay there or he'll go to Wisconsin, but I don't think he's or the Florida in that situation. He's right. I, yeah. Well, anyway, that's what concerned me because I was kind of on that bandwagon and I was hoping that maybe it could happen. And then when Wisconsin fired Paul Christ, I'm like, oh, no, if they go after him, I feel like he would go there. So. I wonder if that was a like a strategic move because of that, because I'm like, right, you, you go back two years and everyone's like Paul Christ, perfect match for Wisconsin, like. Yeah doesn't get any better he had them winning that stupid axe over minnesota like they were just (laughs) singing the praises of him being such a perfect fit for wisconsin and then it's funny because michael was actually saying that like everything wisconsin fans are saying about paul christ we said about bo polini we're like (laughs) programs falling off recruiting's falling off like nine or ten wins isn't good enough anymore like all this stuff and Mm -hmm. Just be careful, Wisconsin. Grass is yeah, not always greener. Yeah, I think it's a mistake. I think they made a mistake, unless they, you know, get Lance Leipold. But um, I think Wisconsin's bigger issue is Graham Mertz. <laughs> I have thought this for a long time. I thought when they let Jack Cohn go that, that Paul Christ had made a serious error in judgment. I think if they were to get in a decent quarterback, Wisconsin could look a lot different. Um you know, because like you said, they were winning nine and ten games a season. I, I just feel like Wisconsin isn't Nebraska either. So their ceiling is not as high, in my opinion. Like, they were doing as well as they could do. And I don't think it's reasonable for them to expect that they should get someone to do any better than what Paul Christ was doing. But anyway, back to TCU Kansas. I'll pick Kansas, but I don't – I'm not confident. I think TCU is really good. 
Are we, wait, did you ask who you think is going to win? Yes, the spread is seven for TCU. They're playing at Kansas. Megan is taking Kansas. I'm, I'm taking TCU. Okay. I'm going to take Kansas really as well. Good. They took really good against Oklahoma, and I know Oklahoma, like, fallen off like the scott frost curse like, it's just funny to me like i'm sorry but scott frost has gotten blamed for way too much stuff it's ridiculous <laughs> at this point like no he wasn't perfect some of this stuff can fall on him but the stuff that people are putting on him now like the curse is now on other teams like okay um <laughs> like people like are crazy and they really think it's real um, well we did curse oklahoma i feel like that's probably one of our best <laughs> legacies here <laughs> We can bring Oklahoma down with us. So yeah, no, I think TCU looked very, very good. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna pick pick them because that's okay. Them. Okay. We have for the SEC number eight Tennessee versus number twenty five LSU, also an eleven o'clock Central game on Saturday. So going to same time slot as TCU Kansas. What spread do we have for them, Megan? Um, Tennessee is only favored by three. It's at LSU, it looks like. Um, by the way, why why is LSU ranked? <laughs> Did anyone else find that a little bit? I don't know, but you know who I think is severely overrated in this instance is Tennessee. So Oh. Okay. I'm actually gonna take Tennessee. I think they'll I easily cover. I, I'm gonna take LSU. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go on over to this one, which if you would have asked me a week ago, I would have said not even close. But UCLA is 5-0. and They're undefeated under Chip Kelly. They are taking on number 11, Utah. And surprisingly enough, this is not a late game, so I might be able to watch it. It's yes. 2.30. <laughs> um, so Utah, UCLA. Yeah, Utah is favored by three and a half. Hmm. I would take I'm gonna, Utah. I'm going to take UCLA at home. They only have to win by three and a half. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Utah. I really want UCLA to win. But I do think Utah's the better team. So I'll go Utah. Okay. Let's see what other exciting games we have. Those are our top 25 matchups. Are there any other games that you all are looking forward to? Uh, what do you guys think about Texas A&M at Alabama? I think saving gets revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not not looking like a good game to me. Yeah. Okay. Actually, talking about Texas A&M, uh-huh. you know how a couple episodes ago he talked about his buyout might not be as high as Scott's or something. We kind of made a joke. Mm-hmm. His what? His Jimbo's like buyout. buyout. Jimbo's. Have yeah. you, do you know what his buyout is? It's go ahead and just Google it. You will be shocked. He is guaranteed that if he is fired at any time, he gets his full contract, it, which is like seventy-five million or something. It is in yeah, it's north of yeah. It was it was the highest like amount in a contract to date when they hired him. Like I do remember that. How long is his I, contract? It was 10 like years. ten years. Yeah, it was a long one. If he gets fired in year nine, he gets all $75 million. Well, I mean, he gets whatever is left of that. Of the contract, yeah. Right. But he, if he was fired in year nine, I mean, he's already made the first nine years of it. What is his? What is his? $88 million. 
but what is his um what's his like um, how long has he been there yes um i mean is it five years five because i know he's been there for full recruiting i thought he was only there for okay yeah 10 years 75 million deal I thought you just said 88. That's the buyout, I think. $88 million buyout. So, yeah, I just was thinking about how, like, yeah, screwed Texas A&M is if he doesn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't, like, gotten Ooh. already. Yeah. I don't know. We will see. Um, another game that's probably not going to be very good is Ohio State-Michigan State. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't think that one's going to go well for Michigan State. I don't think it'll be very close at all. I'm, like, super annoyed be- with, like, anytime I hear Ohio State because for my very first round, I picked Njigba to, like, be my number one point guy, like, because I needed, you know, I like, I wanted a good wide receiver, and he's been injured, and it's like, ham- like, wrap it up, okay? Like, I ran <laughs> on a pulled quad my whole senior track season, okay? Just, like... I'm just, like, super annoyed by him in Ohio State right now, so, yeah, whatever. Well, unfortunately, I think they'll still win, though, Amy, sorry. <laughs> but I hope Michigan State beats them, because I already predicted Michigan State to suck this year, and they've already proven me right, so it'd yeah. just be funny if they beat Ohio State. Well, speaking of buyouts, they just renewed uh, Mel Tucker's contract at the beginning of the season, which is looking like a foolish move in hindsight. Mistake. 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 So they also may be stuck with him. Maybe that makes us feel better about our situation. I don't know. State, I feel like similar to Wisconsin. Like, what do they really expect? Like, they think they're like really going to be good. That's true. Maybe they should just keep their expectations realistic. I'm in tech. Yes. Stick to being a basketball school. Right. All righty. So, kind of a fun shakeup. We play on Friday night this week. So, Depending on if we win or lose, it'll be a good setup to watch the rest of the game Saturday. Okay. We take on Rutgers. No, because they'll be replaying it all day long. Yeah, well, now we have to win, okay? So, so That's what I said. So I'm like, if we win, it'll be good. No, Laura said, regardless if we win or lose, it will be a good setup Saturday. Didn't you? No, I said it could either be a good setup Saturday based on if we win or lose. Oh, yeah. Saturday's going to suck if we lose Friday because we're going to have to watch that all day long. Yes, so, well, let's put some positive vibes out there. I heard that, um, like, they're not sure who's starting for Rutgers at quarterback or whatever. Okay. Well, Vedrill's like, injured, right? Yeah, but they're like, he might play this game because... Oh. He's like, I've got it. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, of the vendetta. Okay, see, I hadn't heard that. I thought it was for sure the backup, so... No, they... they he... Really hope it's the backup. Either they're just trying to make us think that... Mm, yeah. or there really is a chance he could play I don't know so Rutgers is three and two they are zero and two in Big Ten play uh I, I think this is again I don't want to get ahead of myself I think this is a winnable game so I'd like to see us clean up the uh the penalties the yards that are killing ourselves but I think if we just play a consistent not flashy game solid defense I think we can get the W. Okay. So you have a score prediction? So I wanted to see what 
um, Rutgers was scoring on average. Um, besides their <laughs> very high score of 66 versus Wagner, which don't even know where that's at, they are averaging in the like 10 to 20 cat area. So I'm going to say 38, 21. Okay. Think, I think we can hold them to 14. Okay. We held Indiana to 14. It's just our offense can't give up points again. Um, so I'm going to say, I think we bust into the 40s. I'm going to say 42-14. Okay. Well, I'm going to go the little bit closer. I'm going to say 37-17. I like the number 17. All righty. Well. I'm feeling, I will say I'm feeling good, not arrogant or cocky, but feeling good about this game. Um, Hopefully we all have a nice watch party on Friday and then can enjoy our Saturday games as well. And we will talk to all of you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.